Oh, I like this. I like this tune, Sam. A little bit much, actually, which is <laughs> a bit weird. You've gone. You've got a bit more straight lace today. Yeah, it's not quite so leprechauny. <laughs> <laughs> I like the manic pirate one very oh, yeah, much. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was good, you know. Yes, yeah, very good. Uh, so, what's the name of this song? Okay. What's, what's uh, the theme? Oh, I've lost it now. It is. Well, the theme today is. Uh, we're sort of talking a lot about spring. We're covering Spring Watch. I go outside and get very excited about spring. And uh, so this track is called Spring Mix 2013. And uh, well, pronunciation. I'm going to go with Snapster. It has no okay. vowels in. But uh, we're okay. going to go with Snapster on SoundCloud. Very good choice. And yeah, I'm hearing rumours that you get ex- incredibly excited today. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I apologise in advance. <laughs> I was slightly hyper last time. I didn't know there was a whole other level of like overexcitement <laughs> being about being outside that I could reach. But apparently there is. Oh, as always, I haven't heard this, so uh, I'm looking forward to that very, very much. Um, hello to everyone, welcome to the Nature's Footnote uh, podcast, and uh, well, I suppose for new listeners, this is just a bit of a, I don't know really, it's, we, at, one, at one point we called it like a green room, an environmental green room, you know, yeah. a bit of pre-chat, just a bit of, you know, nattering I suppose about environmental stuff, but we will be reviewing, well not really reviewing Springwatch, because I think everyone generally knows how Springwatch works, yeah. but we'll have a bit of Springwatch uh, chat, and we'll also uh, be talking a bit about Bear grills as well, is that right? Yeah, about the eyebrows, mostly about eyebrows. Okay, bit of eyebrow chat as well, very good, um, and I'm going to I'm gonna have to reel it in a bit, because sometimes I can get a bit... I don't know, vitriolic and a little bit like ugh, vomity about <laughs> uh, Bear grills. <laughs> and when you're <laughs> hungover, it's, it's really that's probably weird. not a good thing, is it, really? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm suffering a tiny bit with a hangover, which is not like me. It's a Monday morning as well. There's nothing worse than just having to... Ugh, ugh. Well, actually, uh, luckily, this has brought me out of myself. And I've got a bit of a mild sweat on, if I'm honest. Um, but it has brought me out. And I'm looking forward to uh, talking about spring, because nothing makes us feel better been seeing animals absolutely everywhere often having sex which is also very nice for me anyway um so uh what's going on on the, the social media side of things sam okay uh so we have uh, we're slowly growing uh sort of supporters and followers and things so um the biggest reaction on facebook was i posted a link to chris packham's article about um focusing more on the environment and less on people and which is you know proper packham just letting go all guns blazing article and it was great and so um, so yeah that had a big a lot of sort of people reading it and, and commenting and things um i personally have been going on a bit of a bee a bee journey we talked <laughs> about bees um bees last time and uh it's just gone a bit crazy i've had loads of bees in my garden uh so i'd like to say thank you to sebastian the bee guy uh Tadaja, rob sego bumblebee watching Anne shepherd ryan clark jim martin and roger on twitter because i've been like sending out photos of bees going i think it's this one and everyone's been going no it isn't it's this one uh, and I've discovered I've got uh, vestal cuckoo bees, buff-tailed bumblebees, wow. and tree bees in my garden. Awesome! Yeah, awesome! Exactly. Are the tree bees nesting? Um, I think they might be. I just haven't quite sussed where yet, so I'm 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 watching them. Very close. That's really really exciting. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and Ryan uh, 
Clark also sent in a really cool, terrible photo of Bee Fly for our Unseen Wildlife Gallery, which is where we're collecting terrible wildlife photos of things that have flown away or out of focus. So that's a really nice uh, fuzzy bee fly. <laughs> Good. If listeners, listen, if you have got a picture, a crap picture of an animal... That's um, what we want. The, we don't oh, want the know, good ones. R- yeah, exactly, exactly. Like blurred tail feathers or literally just a pair of feet in the corner of the shot. Yeah. That's what we want. That's yeah. what we want. So, everyone yeah, everyone has loads of those, I'm sure. Or something that's like really far away, <laughs> just flown <laughs> off, that kind of thing. <laughs> Do you know what? I got a camera trap this week oh. and uh, I've got to go and get it it's in the farmer's field and I haven't asked for permission which is a bit silly of me and I've got a feeling it's not going to be there um, but uh, for a secret project um, I put something in front of the camera trap am I allowed to give you photos from camera traps oh yes please yeah okay stuff okay. that doesn't have like nothing or like a rat or yeah or a, a farmer's farmer's wellington boot <laughs> yeah. as he comes to steal the camera okay yeah. yeah like it okay i'll do that definitely excellent um so uh let's talk about oh well no i was gonna say listeners if you want to get in touch oh yes as always um our twitter is probably for me anyway that's the best way to get in touch so i'm at jules l howard and sam you are sam draws things Excellent. So, yeah, get in touch if you want to. Well, if you've got any ideas for the show yeah. um, or if there's anything you want us to cover um, or you just want to say hello, just get in touch. That would be lovely. Cool. So, um, as always, we did our news review. It started off in the first episode quite in-depth, didn't it? An in-depth analysis of five good and five bad news stories. Yeah. Slowly but surely, <laughs> it's, it's smoothing down. It's smoothing out and it's a bit more... Um, I, I like to think it's a bit more punchy. I hope so. Um, We're trying to be a bit more concise and a bit less sort yes. of waffly, aren't we? Yes, huh? trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you know what? I perhaps I I haven't even got three stories. I haven't even got three bad stories this week. I've just got the one. Okay. And it's not it's not podcast friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to start off with uh, with the Euro vote. Mm. If only it was like Eurovision. European oh elections man. would be absolutely brilliant <laughs> everyone would be really involved um, so uh, I was just a little bit down really a lot of uh, some of the, the Lib Dem um, MEPs were were alright in my view they seem to be quite in environmentally aware and intelligent and a bit pioneering and just very diplomatic and all this sort of stuff you need and you'd, well, think, you'd, you'd think we'd won and obviously 10 of them lost them their seats which is a bit sad and I don't know what really happens to them afterwards they just sort of disappear don't they yeah. but um, and obviously yeah as it's been covered loads and loads and loads UKIP got an, uh, 11 extra seats and the Greens you know they're really pleased but they only got one extra seat so there's only three of them mm. there's 24 UKIPers now mm. As MVP, so little bit um, unnerving, I suppose, for fans of uh, wildlife and wildlife legislation. Um, and I guess we'll see the impact that has. Mm. Oh. How's that for for for, for punch? <laughs> I could have rabbited on for ages then about all sorts of balls. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll just end it there and see how we are in oh four man. years' time. Oh so man. anyway, uh, give us some good news. Go on. I don't know if I can now. I'm lying down, going, <laughs> oh god, that's like. That's like the biggest bad news, isn't it? It's not just like, oh, there's a story and a thing happened. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, we might all be going to hell in a handbasket. But it's like, it's like, it's 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 like a horrible 
murder taking place behind a curtain that none of us can be asked to look behind. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the problem with it, is that we can't... We, we None of us are that interested or knowledgeable about how Europe works. No. So all of these crimes, if you like, can be committed um, out of out, out of our eyesight and out of, yeah. outside of media coverage. So, Don't even know hmm. where the curtain is or how to lift it up or what... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Thanks. Okay, well, so I've got three, uh, so I am uh, the good news woman and I try and kind of bring us back up again uh, after after Jules brings us down. I don't know if I can, but um, I'll have a crack at it. So I've got three uh, stories. I'm going to chat about two and focus in on one. Uh, Bisons are being reintroduced in Romania. Really exciting. Massive mammals. I mean, that project must have just taken so much planning and everything it's super exciting um, there's a nice video on the guardian website of it as well brilliant which perhaps put on the, the podcast page yeah really it. good story it really exciting um uh this is an interesting one so this has been rumbling around for a little while and it's uh the fact that they're developing and now using um a, a type of technology that can survey for the wildlife in a pond by analyzing the water and what genetic material there is in the water so traditionally you would have to stand by a pond and have a torch if you're going to go and look for newts for example um and uh and then there's this sort of slightly quite whizzy fancy way that they're now able to just analyze the water and see what's been in it absolutely incredible that is a really really big step forward in terms of surveying exactly like you said they call it edna don't they environmental dna so yeah you're literally just getting a bit of pond water and looking for uh i don't know you know bits of DNA from skin sloughs or poos or anything like that and then you just get a reading it's just Amazing. unbelievable Amazing. and the impact I guess that will have on the whole sector because that employ you know in terms it's of huge. employment there's lots of people um, you know uh, particularly new graduates often end up as um, surveyors for, for newts um, and so I don't know will they become lab technicians or what it's just yeah. it's fascinating fascinating really so yeah hopefully that could mean that a lot of um, you know sometimes Sometimes people, sometimes you find great crested newts in really weird places, like large puddles and stuff like that, that we wouldn't normally class as ponds and that often wouldn't appear on like an OS map, I suppose. Mm. So to to have a quick way to sort of get a really good sweep of all sorts of different shapes and size ponds and puddles um, and check for, uh, uh, you know, like you say, presence and absence of things like great crested newts, just to do it almost, you know, on a laptop is just unbelievable it's wicked yeah, it's really clever really clever mm. and I reckon there'll be lots of surprises because of it I think we'll find some really interesting weird yeah. stuff weird, thi- weird things in weird places <laughs> um, my number one story and I'm sorry because I know you're always a bit disappointed by if I do a new species story because it's not like a bunch of blokes went off up the Amazon and found a really exciting parrot that no one had seen before <laughs> it's a kind of like a categorisation thing a classification story but this, the animal that they're talking about is so completely cool, I just thought we had to talk about it. So it's a new species of peacock leopard spider. And uh, it's, this is from the Scientific American, and they've just got it right. If you were going to do a new PR campaign for spiders and try and make them kind of really beautiful and, and go, look, you know, everything you thought about spiders was wrong. They're, they're really cute and amazing. Um, this, this is your poster boy spider. It is so cool. It's got very cute little eyes. It's quite furry, but not in the kind of itchy way. (laughs) The best thing about it is it's got this amazing abdomen that looks like a peacock's tail almost. It kind of looks like someone's painted it with really bright colours, which it uses in in a mating display. That is 
I think I've seen a video on YouTube of actually, and it proper sort of vibrates, doesn't it, left and right, and it's <laughs> shimming around, and You're I think actually on now, this YouTube video, in fact, <laughs> I think on the YouTube video, they use uh, Mambo number five <laughs> <laughs> um, as the backing Brilliant. track, as they're going at it. But yeah, uh, fascinating. Uh, also, just like, incredible that you've got the, you know, the colours of a peacock, and the, the eye spots, and things like that, but, you know, this convergent evolution, I suppose, of a completely unrelated, very distant, you know, yeah. ancestor of of um, of spiders and peacocks. You know, it's, they couldn't be further apart, really. Yeah, so amazing. yeah, fascinating that they both hit on that exact coloration stuff as a way to 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 you know to get some sex. Yeah, who <laughs> knew that, that ladies liked fanning things so much? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Where the spiders and the peacocks know? Yeah, it's amazing. It's just a really really cool really cool spider that's uh, been found in Australia yeah awesome. very good very good so we'll put that link on our uh, yeah. podcast website um, yeah. as well oh, and the Pinterest yeah good page. you've cheated me up oh hooray so, so we, t- we also have a Pinterest page we'll put it on there as well so that all the links to the articles and stuff can, can be there and you can see the, the cutest coolest spider that, that is just awesome that ever jigged okay yes. so um Right, Sam. I, like I said before, I'm hearing these rumours uh, from <laughs> from external sources that you um, get incredibly excited um, oh. today. So I can't wait for this, actually. Oh, so do you want to run us through where you went <laughs> and what you did? Yeah. Okay. So so we're trying to. So I just thought we'd explain for for new listeners. We we try and have an outdoor bit every episode where we kind of bring some sounds into the podcast from from the outdoor uh, sort of environment and. At the, I think it was in the second episode of the podcast, I went to Castor Hanglins in search of newts and I didn't find anything. It was a little bit too early in the year and it was freezing. And uh, it, so I went back uh, to, to Castor Hanglins, which is a nature reserve um, quite near Peterborough. And it's somewhere I've been going a lot with the dog, actually, and it's just been so exciting watching spring happen. And we went for this walk. It was really sunny yeah <laughs> just get a little bit like hyper at the amount of life that 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 is out there so i'm really sorry yeah it's a slightly even more hyper um level of uh, of outdoor bit from me today it's one of those days today where it all just feels a little bit magical the air is full of butterflies and damselflies and birdsong there are things rustling in the long grass and hedgerows as you walk past. Even a couple of weeks ago, this wood and these ponds just didn't seem as alive as they do now. It's like it's all just exploded. And it's really exciting. So the first pond we've come to had a tadpole, a load of pond skaters and whirligig beetles in it. We're coming now to my favourite pond, which is this bowl-shaped one where we've seen newts before. The great thing about this pond is that the base of it is a very sort of light golden brown. So if there is a newt, you can normally see them silhouetted really clearly. Oh, I think that's the one there. Yes, it is. How exciting. So right in the middle of the pond, I can see a palmate newt. So he's about five centimetres long and uh, I can tell he's a palmate because when he swims, his back feet look huge <laughs> compared to the rest of him. He's got webbed back feet and he 
he's just coming up to the surface of the water now and gulped some air and he's swimming back down again. He's a very, his belly actually is a very similar colour to the bottom of the pond and the rest of him is in this sort of light and angle, a kind of dusty brown. And you can see that he's got some spots on his body but if it wasn't for those feet it would be quite hard to say whether he was going to be a palmate or a smooth newt. Funny, isn't it? I think sports reporters say be very careful about getting overexcited too early on because it doesn't leave you anywhere to go. I think I might have done that today because I'm super excited now because there's two newts. You can very clearly see that one of these newts is a palmate and a male one with these black webbed feet at the back I was talking about that you can sort of see silhouetted against the bottom of the pond. I can't quite make out the feet on the other one. It's very, very exciting. We've only been outside about half an hour and we've had cookies, seeing newts, tadpoles, all kinds of invertebrates. Oh, what a magical time of the year it is to go outside. This is Sam and Shadow handing you back to the studio. Sam, there was a particular bit of that that I absolutely loved, and it's when you said about sports commentators, <laughs> and you realised that you'd over-egged I'd gone too, too far. soon in the recording. And in fact, you started off like, oh, life is magical! <laughs> <laughs> I know you have been, people have said to you before, like, are you taking mind-altering drugs before doing these outside broadcasts? I promise uh, I'm but not. But no, it's lovely. <laughs> it was really, and you actually, I started off in my kind of slight hungover state, a little bit like, oh, Sam, but actually you totally, personally, you won me over <laughs> by the end. <laughs> really Really, sorry. really nice. And also, there's a lovely bird song right at the end, actually. Yeah. Oh. Did you superimpose that on it? It's really nice. No, no, I am, um, the, the birds singing in the woods was amazing. I was trying to get the cuckoo, I could hear a cuckoo. I don't think you can quite hear it. The dog kept panting, <laughs> and he was closer <laughs> to me. So all I got in the end was kind of <laughs> sort of slightly heavy breathing effect, which is a bit worrying. But no, I mean the birds. Oh God, it just felt yeah, it was magical, and it just really shows don't nice. you don't have to be outside for very long. Just go. That's called that's called a Mike, bit doing a Michael Bolton. That is because you when Michael uh, you know yesterday by the Beatles <laughs> yeah. when when he sings. I like I only heard this once. When he sings um, yesterday, when Michael Bolton sings yesterday, he starts off like yesterday, <laughs> and like it's like no, there's you nowhere should, to go. You've got to build up with a song like that. Never start spelting it out exactly like you say. You've got nowhere to go, um, but you pulled it off. You didn't do a Michael Bolton, so well done. I just you. kept it up there the whole way through. <laughs> uh, it's not. I like daytime watching newts in ponds oh, very much. Oh, it's lovely. I think it's, 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 it's a sport that not enough of us do. Just pond watching yeah. is better for me. It's better than looking up at the trees to be honest yeah. you get to see much clearer and everything has to come up you know a lot of them have to come up for air um, you know the invertebrates and stuff so you get a, you know yeah. sit there for long enough you get all sorts the best bits are so well done you sounded almost post coital as well at one point you went ah <laughs> 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 so uh, no cheers for that oh, Sam God. now let's talk talk about spring oh. um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about spring watch so everyone knows the deal with spring watch pretty much been around for 10 years now amazing um I think one of the only criticisms some people throw at Springwatch is um, is how they deal with 
political and complex mm. um, problems, you know, classic being the badger coal. Yeah. And Springwatch couldn't come out and say, look, even the science about this coal, you know, stinks. They're not going to say that, you know, they're trying to, they have to be impartial. And I think Chris Backen got his fingers, his knuckles wrapped, didn't he, for saying a few things on Twitter about the badger yeah, coal. Yeah, I think he basically um, is not allowed to talk about badger coal stuff whilst he's on Springwatch. No. He can sort of talk about it while, while Springwatch is being filmed. Uh, before and after, he can be as controversial as he likes. But yeah, he's got. They try and keep a little lid on him. Yeah, yeah, and I can sort of understand. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got, he's got a great job there. You know, it's one of the most important wildlife jobs I'd say in mm. Britain, actually, in terms of getting across like interesting stories and ideas and science, and also just how amazing like local nature is yeah. to us all. He's got the, he's, you know, those guys. Both of them have got like prime jobs and Martin Hughes yeah. games as well yeah and it was um, interesting I heard I heard Chris Packham talk about it and he was he defended the BBC for for taking that stance he was kind of saying you know you, they've got to be neutral they've got to show yeah. both sides of the argument and if they didn't do that they could start coming down on sides of all sorts of weird things so he would always defend their right to to be neutral it's, it's what they're there for yeah yeah and Springwatch isn't necessarily I wish it, uh, Springwatch isn't that by nature, by concept, it's not that kind of show. No, it's not. But it's not a political. You know, Countryfile can get a little bit into those kinds of things, and it often does mm. because you know that's a show kind of you know for people interested in the countryside or for farmers. It sounds crazy, but I was arguing for a militarized Springwatch, where Springwatch suddenly makes an army. I suppose we're all involved in it. We're all like you know voting the right way together. We all have a special salute. We all have secret handshakes and stuff like that that we do. Anyone who watches Springwatch knows the environmental game, and they are primed, ready to almost like activists. They're ready to mm. make a difference from the environment. Um, but I kind of, a bit, I suppose, I don't know. But if it's sad that that'll never be the case mm. because as we said Springwatch isn't that kind of show and we're more reliant I suppose on each other to become environmentally um, to take all that passion from Springwatch and turn it into action mm. and that's the only thing that's missing I think in a lot of Springwatch viewers is an idea of how you take all of that incredible inspirational stuff and actually do things to keep it yeah yeah, I think that's a really good point. You could imagine um, when it's election time, people, all the like MPs going around and knocking on people's doors to try and get votes, and then going, and the Springwatch army are poised. They know exactly what questions to ask their local MP. They know how yeah. to kind of put them on the spot and say, "Oh, well, actually, I've been wondering about this," and and they it, just being that kind of. I think that's a that's a really big thing, isn't it? In in nature stuff, there's almost a little bit of a divide between appreciation and conservation action really good stuff anything else to say on spring watch uh, oh my god ladybird sex <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it was fascinating wasn't it oh it was really cool have, have you did you did you know about ladybird stuff did, I it? wanted to include it um, um, in the book but I couldn't really get the story if that makes yeah. sense I was, you know I wanted to to see lots of it going on but I didn't want it just to be me with a magnifying glass just staring at beetles having sex yeah, although th- now I mention it that sounds quite cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so what else has been going on yeah we talked in the last episode we were saying about how we always review things um, uh, positively and we always review really good things and as a rule in life I think that's a very important thing we should all do having said that rules are made to be broken and we also <laughs> said let's review something that we are likely to possibly hate <laughs> um, so uh, Bear grills. Mm. <laughs> I didn't see this. I heard. I have heard 
um, it talked about, but you, you've watched a few episodes yeah. of Bear Grylls' new one on Channel 4, which is called... Is it The Island? The Island, the Island with it. Bear yeah. Grylls. Yeah. What's the, what's the gist? How does the programme work? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to sort of summarise it. It's kind of... I, I missed the first episode, so I think I've sort of missed the bit that was probably the most Bear Grylls bit, because then the other episodes are basically a bunch of men on an island, starving, not being very good at hunting, can't you know, getting dehydrated. And then Bear Grylls kind of chipping in. It's like he's on the island, but he's not with them. So he's just kind of sitting on a rock and then he talks about male bonding and what happened to him when he was in the army. So that it's kind of, they, I think if they called it Bear Grylls is the island or the island with Bear Grylls, but it doesn't, it's kind of a bit weird because he's just there. I think he's narrating and stuff, but he's sort of there, but he's not really there, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It sounds absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know, that's harsh, because like there are obviously people who really get off on that stuff. I th- what I mean by garbage is it doesn't even sound Bear grills and it sounds like... Do you remember... Um, that I used to love this programme. It was called something like Castaway, yeah. or something like that. With a bunch of like attractive four, young T4. people on, I- on yeah, an island. Yeah, gorgeous, all of them. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, they were on an island. They just had to learn to kind of live together and do stuff. It sounds a little bit like that, yeah. just with Bear grills. Yeah, that seems to be kind of similar, yeah. Um, I have problems with Bear Grylls, and I, uh, I um, exposed my problems with Bear Grylls. I've got enough. I've got enough. To, I think to write another, uh, to write a book in future about my feelings about um, this kind of, you know, man versus wild mm. idea that's so grabby and so catchy for for production companies. But you know, I'm not sure it does uh, a service. You know, I'd seen a few episodes of Bear Grylls. Um, that are just really ridiculous, kind of shocking, but really, really, really ridiculous. You know, there's there's uh, there's a, at least two times I've seen him pulling snakes out of rivers and snapping their heads off, mm. and it's like, what are you doing? And, and some people will be like, oh yeah, yeah, but it's survival, it's survival, and it's it's not it's not survival because you know he's not even caught. You, you, often with with any time you see someone wrestling with a snake in a river, always look where the cut happens, where that scene starts, and you've both times you can see under the water he's got the snake already he's not catching it he's already got it before the scene starts and then he's like fakes catching it do you know what mm. I mean it's just really really totally lame and there's one where you know people say oh you know you need to learn survival sk- skills there is never ever ever going to be a time when one of us is in you know stranded on an Indonesian island and we have to raid cave swiftlet nests and smash open the eggs and drink the yolk it's just never ever going to happen there's no it doesn't make any sense to me no. why we are why we are, you know if Bear Grylls was running around in Britain opening up <laughs> you know climbing up trees and eating the yolk out of not I'm not talking about <laughs> chicken's eggs here swiftly no, eggs no. are about the size of you know a Cabra's mini egg yeah. they're about that sort of size absolutely tiny no nutritional value um, and if he was going around in Britain climbing trees and just eating like blue tit <laughs> eggs, there would be a petition. There'd be, My you know, God. the prime minister would be tweeting about, you know, yeah. distancing himself from people like that. And yet somehow it's like, oh, if it's in Indonesia, oh, game on, you're fine, bear. <laughs> and he's just, oh, I don't know, really. He's just a desperado, and like he will always probably have a niche and a role on TV because you know he will just do the desperate things that production companies kind of want, and I suppose. That is a kind of a, don't you think, a bit depressing? It's really depressing. Also, it could be where Springwatch goes next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's more like a spin-off from Springwatch. Yeah, Springwatch runs around eating Springwatch everything. Springwatch diet. <laughs> yeah, making and cookbooks and stuff. 
<laughs> and it, on, on like the Osprey cam, you just see him climbing up and stealing a chick. Yeah, I've yeah, never thought about the, it that way. That, yeah, that when and you you've got like, like the nest cams. You can just oh. see like a little hand come in on the nest. Oh, let's see what's going on on the blue tit uh, camera. Are they fledging? And you just see a hand going in there, just pulling all the eggs out and the babies. Yes, maybe. When you put yeah, it like that, yeah. you can really see how... How wrong it is, actually. That is how alien it is, really and it's just the fact that you can justify it. Because yes, fair enough. Like he probably has to, had to use some of those skills in the past, yeah. but it makes a comedy show of nature, and it just it's not it's not a healthy way to be. I hope in ten years' time we will look at the output of channels like Discovery, and just sort of think that was that was a zeitgeist change, yeah. if you like, in terms of you know. Our, our, our um, feelings about how we kind of treat animals yeah. and stuff like that. It's really weird, really weird. Anyway, sorry, a t- bit of a rant No, there. I I'm loved sorry, it. Sorry, listeners. Just, you you just may going. have never heard me rant before, so sorry about that. But, um, well done. Okay, uh, well, I'm glad that we, that we're perhaps, <laughs> I'm glad that you watched it, maybe, and not me. Yeah. Well, the only other thing um, I was going to say was that, like, the genderedness of it is really interesting yeah. and that kind of, like, what it means to be a man and yeah. tough and how you basically have to kill stuff. Um, to be to a survive, man. yeah, and, and you often see you, you still see that old trope about oh, like cavemen. You know, we're in. We're, I was reading some pretty high, fairly highbrow books, you know, science books recently, and they're still p- promoting this idea of men of being like hunters and, and females, just you know, living in groups and waiting for their <laughs> husbands to come back with the meat and stuff like that. And it's a, you know, it's that kind of idea, mm. isn't it? I suppose, yeah, men in the woods, men bonding, men bonding. It's the most patronising thing, don't you mm. think? It's just really, oh dear. Yeah. So problem. Yes. <laughs> Um, yes, I think so. Also, just for fun, so, a really fun thing to do is just Google images of Bear Grylls because the faces he pulls in most photos are amazing. Like, and he's tell me about these eyebrows. So he, so he sort of does this incredible frown, where he sort of he's quite pouty, and then he's always frowning. He doesn't really smile, and uh, he's covered in mud. He's got like mud streaks on the face. Quite often, got a knife in his hand. Like, it's just kind of Rambo, I guess, for mm. images. But yeah, that's quite a fun thing to do because it's just quite. Ridiculous, really. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. I can see he's a bit. He's got a bit of blue steel, yeah. and like, but smearing himself with mud and stuff for photos. Oh dear, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yes. Okay. Cool. So, uh, what we're going to review next time? Do you know what I watched last night? Ooh. Um, it was I bought a rainforest. Yeah, I I haven't um, watched it we yet. I definitely do I've, it. I've, I've taped it. Thingy. Yeah, it. it's worth watching Ooh. it's definitely worth watching really <gasps> excellent not yeah it's, it's, so we'll perhaps we'll review that cool. for our next show yeah sounds good awesome okay uh what else do we need to do then uh oh we, pl- we oh, normally yeah, plug yeah we normally plug a yes. little thing so i was gonna plug uh so the tree bees i've discovered these tree bees in my garden and i didn't realize but they're they're quite a new arrival to the uk they're kind of moving slowly northwards and so the bee wars website we'll put a link up to has a tree bee sighting survey form thingy so i'm gonna have a crack at filling that in and, uh, and we can share a link for anyone else that spots a tree bee i wanted to plug over the weekend it was the garden bio blitz do you know anything about the garden bio i blitz? only know i'd be rubbish at it because <laughs> from my, <laughs> my id skills i'm basically going just back to oh look it's a bee uh, so uh, <laughs> no it, it looks really good <laughs> i struggle on the other um, main problem with the garden by bits and it, I haven't really got a garden oh. I've just got a tiny bit of we've actually put a bit of grass in now oh, that's nice. um, uh, literally I, we've had to buy a lawnmower for 
a bit of grass <laughs> that's about the size of like a single bed. <laughs> it's absolutely tiny. But anyway, uh, so um, not much, not unfortunately, apart from the pond, not much in our garden. But definitely, definitely worth doing. And like, it will be on again next year. But the whole BioBlitz movement, I suppose we can call it, is really fascinating. And it's basically, you know, this idea, I'm sure you all know this, but this idea of um, finding as many species as you can in a given amount of time in a given place really really nice concept and I often do it in schools actually now just because it's just loads of fun a nice comp- bit of competition um, but you kind of you, when you really are searching it's amazing the, the amount of things that were once overlooked yeah. that you then find so um, find out more about BioBlitz we'll put um, a link on the podcast web page so yeah definitely definitely they're, they're happening in cities all over um, Britain over the summertime so yeah look at that and go it's loads of fun so uh, we'll talk about I bought a rainforest next time yeah sounds good you or I or perhaps it might be you <laughs> <laughs> might be going out and doing some sort of other outside broadcast if anyone else wants oh, to yeah, get involved please, yeah if you want to get excited and go and find yes. some stuff or not find it that's also okay um, yes, yeah yes remember the Michael Bolton story yes Important learn. That. Um, <laughs> learn. So, uh, so yeah, give us a shout. And uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sam. Oh, no, thank you. That was great.